Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello and welcome into another edition of Believe in Titans on the Believe Podcast Network. I'm your host, Davey Hudson, alongside former Titan Denard Walker. We appreciate you joining us today. Folks, I am really excited about today's show. First, we got the five things you know that have happened for the Titans over the course of the last week, and then we're getting into one of my favorite shows to do every year, but we're giving a week-by-week prediction of how the Titans are going to fare for the 2020 season. I don't know if we're all going to be on the same page, but hopefully that'll lead to some debate. Either way, I do believe we both have the Titans making the playoffs at the end of the season, so that's really that's what is important. But speaking of playoffs... The NBA, the MLB, and NHL are all in full swing, and our partners at BetOnline have you covered. I mean, this is the perfect time for me to start getting my can't-lose parlays that I do every football season together. Uh, I know it should be can't-lose, but can't-lose is is the inside joke that I'm letting you all in on. It's can't-lose because usually when people complain on the Internet about how their team did not win and they decided to lose, they will actually just spell lose, loose, and it's a whole thing. So I've created the can't loose parlay. But uh, I was looking at the Titans odds, just kind of curious recently to see where they have the Titans slated. And right now it's plus 3,000 for the Titans to win the Super Bowl. So if you're feeling froggy, go ahead and leap on over to betonline.ag and take full advantage of sports being back and get in on the action with hundreds of odds, futures, and props for you to bet on. And hey, there's always the online casino as well. I'm a little bit of a blackjack guy myself but the casino never closes. Again, so head online to betonline.ag and sign up to receive your welcome bonus on your first deposit. Again, that's betonline.ag and sign up today. BetOnline, your online sports book experts. And tell them you heard about them right here on Believe in Titans. So jumping into the five things you know that have happened for the Titans over the course of the last week. Number five, the Titans have signed tight end Jeff Swaim. Swaim is a former seventh rounder out of Texas. He has spent time with, most notably, the Cowboys. He was with the Jaguars last season, and he's now with the Titans. I expect him to actually make the final 53-man roster and the Titans to go with four tight ends with Jonu Smith, Anthony Ferkser, Michael Pruitt, and Jeff Swaim. I believe the Titans last year went with more two tight end box sets than any other team in the league, especially with that running attack in Derrick Henry. I expect them to keep four tight ends, and so the signing of Swain is probably to help on the back end of that position unit. Number four on the list, the Titans will not play in front of fans for at least the first three games of the season. That will take us through the end of September to where the Titans will not be having fans at Denver, at home against the Jaguars, and on the road in Minnesota. It is still yet to be determined what the league plans to do after that. Each team and area is going to have their own plan in place, it looks like, but at least for now, Uh, Fans for the Titans' first three games will not be in attendance. Number three on the list. I didn't see this coming, I'll be honest, but the Titans have decided to release seventh-round pick quarterback Cole McDonald out of Hawaii. We know this offseason has been kind of short, and he was not at training camp very long before the Titans decided to go ahead and make the move to get rid of McDonald. So to tie that into number two on the list, the Titans did go out and sign quarterback Trevor Simeon. Simeon, also another seventh rounder out of Northwestern, but he has spent time with the Broncos, the Vikings, and most recently the New York Jets. But he does have some NFL starts under his belt at quarterback. Again, I expect him to be the third option, but with COVID being the way it is, I guess the team felt 
it needed to go out and get a third quarterback, at least somebody with some more experience who the team felt more comfortable with. But again, the Titans releasing Cole McDonald and going and signing quarterback Trevor Simeon was something that not a lot of people, I believe, saw coming. And on Clowny Watch, and number one, Clowny Watch. You know, it's all the cards are in Jadavion Clowney's hands at this point. It's, it is down to three teams. Uh, at least that's the latest report from uh, 24-7 Sports. Brad Crawford put this out on August the 24th. But it's down to the three teams of the Las Vegas Raiders going back to play for the Seattle Seahawks and the Tennessee Titans. As far as best fit, going to the Titans would definitely be that option. But again, it's all going to come down to money and who's willing to budge. And we'll just continue to wait. And it looks as though uh, Clowney's going to wait till last week or right up before the season starts to make his decision. Never thought it would take this long, but here we are. And that is Clowney Watch. And before we transition into our next segment, I want to ask, do you believe? At this time, I'm going to go ahead and bring in Denard as we break down the Titans week-by-week 2020 season predictions. You don't want to miss it, folks. You can also hold this over our heads at the end of the year and tell us how wrong we were, but here we go. So, Denard, we're just going to go down the list. Week 1 all the way to Week 17, we'll see where we get as we've talked about numerous times that with COVID, a lot of things are up in the air, could very well change how a team looks on a week-to-week basis, whether you have certain units on a team testing positive, uh, key players going out because they're on the COVID reserve list. We just don't know how things are going to fare. And so it's going to lead to probably a lot of unexpected things whenever we look back at our predictions and seeing how those matchups should have happened before the season took place versus what happens once we actually get to that point. Probably going to be a lot different, but hey, this is something we can do for fun. And if you want, just feel free out there to submit your Tennessee predictions to us as well. We enjoy seeing those. But to get things started, you know, really as things kind of come full circle, and Denard, I know this game is uh, probably means a lot for you seeing as you played for both of these teams during your time in the NFL. But this is where Ryan Tannehill ended up coming in for Marcus Mariota last year when the Titans take on the Denver Broncos at games at Denver for the Monday night doubleheader, which actually I found out we're getting the primetime crew from ESPN, a game on Monday, September the 14th. Denard, what do you got happen? Titans, they, they get in revenge. What do, what do you expect to take place there? Wow. We, we, we're going right off the bat on this one. <laughs> it's <laughs> it's, week, it's week one, Denard. Like, I, I know. Well, you know what? This, this whole thing for the last few months we've been talking about is expecting unexpected. But this is a team, like I said before, they're primed and they're ready to go. And I see Tennessee going in there this year, going in Denver. And I think they're going to get that game. It's going to be tough because Denver's got a two-headed monster at running back with Philip Lindsay and Melvin Gordon. And, of course, you know, with Drew playing the way he played last year down the stretch, he played really well. But I do see Tennessee winning this game. Yeah, I think it's going to be another low-scoring affair. I also have the Titans winning this one. I do expect them to get revenge. And I believe continuity is going to be a big factor early in the season for the teams that end up winning the first couple of weeks of the season. And I expect the Titans to roll into Mile High Stadium and come away with W. So right now we both got the Titans 1-0. and Moving on to week two, AFC South division rival. The Jacksonville Jaguars come to town and we get them two times a year. Last year, the first game we played against them was not pretty. 
it was a one of those games you had it on Thursday night and you're just like what is going on here it was bad from the start I guess I'll go first this time Darden we'll just rotate it out but I actually had the Titans playing well I have them beating the Jacksonville Jaguars I think the Jaguars have way too many question marks they are not able to match up with the Titans very well especially whenever it comes to what the Titans are going to be able to do with Derrick Henry even whenever we don't have a great game against the Jags he seems to play very well I expect that trend to continue, and I expect the Titans to start the season 2-0. and So you're telling me you don't trust in Minshew? <laughs> as much as I like the Mike Leach product, man, I can't, I can't give him the uh, seal of approval for the Titans in Week 2. I agree with you. I think the Titans are going to start the season off 2-0. and uh, Right now, there's a lot of inconsistency. There's a lot of holes. The fact that they're not even signed, they're not going to re-up. Uh, Leonard Fournette right now so he's going to come out playing with ventures but I do see this is a team right now in Jacksonville they're still trying to find their identity that's why I'm going to go with Tennessee they're going to start off this season 2-0. I'm with you and that will be the Titans first home game which as we mentioned last week will be held without fans but I don't think that is going to be the difference and whether or not the Titans walk away with the W. Moving on to week three the Titans are going on the road to Minnesota to face the Vikings and it's a game you know Team, we don't really see a whole lot. The last time the Titans and the Vikings faced off was back in 2016, and Minnesota walked away with a 25-16 to 16 win there. But, Denard, what do you expect to happen once that game gets here? Ooh, this is another one of my former teams. Let me tell you this. This is going to be the game that uh, they're, going to, they're going into a hostile environment down there in Minnesota. But, again, no fans, and they have no Stephon Diggs. He's out to Buffalo. So – I am going to go with Tennessee going to start the season off 3-0 simply for the fact that they're going to plug in a young receiver. My man from LSU, JJ, but I don't think he's no Stephon Diggs. And without Stephon Diggs, you basically double up Adam Thielen, and then all of a sudden you make the rookie beat you. And I don't think that's going to happen. Tennessee win this game 3-0. I'm actually going to have to go against you here, Denard. Uh, this one's going to be a, a close Hard-fought game, but I don't expect the Titans to win. This uh, stat I'm going to throw at you, but in my lifetime, the Titans have only beat the Minnesota Vikings one time. And last couple of games, Minnesota, it's been pretty pretty decisive in their favor. Zimmer, he's going to – I think he's going to have a really good game plan. And it's week to week. You just kind of – you never know what to expect. I know weather's not going to be, an, be a factor, but I think it's going to be a close game. But I think Minnesota's going to come out on top. It'll, it'll bring the Titans back down to earth a little bit. And with that said, we'll go ahead and move on to week number four, the Titans facing. Outside of the division teams, this is probably my most hated team in the NFL and the Pittsburgh Steelers. Never been a big Steelers fan. And so the Titans are going to get to host them. The game's going to be on October the 4th, so we don't know if fans will be in attendance for that one yet or not. But I expect the Titans to come away with the W. Steelers aren't what they used to be. Big Ben's older his health concerns have always kind of caused some, some issues the last couple of years, and I just don't expect them to have the horses to be able to beat the Titans, and I'm going to have the Titans walking away with a victory and moving on to 3-1 and one for the season. Well, who's to say Big Ben's going to play? Maybe it's going to be my big man. He's going to finish the season out. Yeah, Mason Rudolph, baby Oklahoma State, cowboy up. I feel even better about my prediction if Rudolph's <laughs> going to be there. I can't, I can't hate on, on Mason too much. I mean, Mason's given me the biggest amount of interactions on Twitter I could ever imagine. Yeah. I had the video. I was one of the first to have the video of him getting hit in the head by Miles Garrett, and that video did yeah. over 3 million views. So I don't know if we get to see Mason out there. Hopefully Je Jeffrey Simmons isn't in a similar situation or something like that happens. Right. But 
But yeah, I'm gonna. I, I I feel confident with the Titans taking on the Steelers. Yeah, Pittsburgh is getting old. You know, I think Ben Roethlisberger. He's had a Hall of Fame career, but when you start getting in those later years, like he's been playing, it catches up with you. And I still think the youth of the Titans will prevail over that experience of Pittsburgh. So, and not to mention inconsistency at the receiver position. Everything's been predicated on what Juju does. And I just think, I've, like I said before, until they find a number two and a number three, they don't have Antonio Brown no more. And so you can basically focus on Juju. And that's why I give Tennessee the secondary. I think they're going to get that game against Pittsburgh. Yeah, James Conner, they're starting running back. He's on a contract season, right. along with pretty much like half the other running backs in the league, it seemed like. Seems like. But that's um, that's something I just – yeah, they're, they're not what they used to be, and no. it'll be interesting to see. I think they're almost at that point of restarting kind of how they look at that organization. I guess as we go ahead and we move on to the next opponent, Titans got another couple of home games here, but they're hosting the Buffalo Bills and – you know, for whatever reasons, Nard, the last couple of years, it seems like we've managed to take on Buffalo, and in some heartbreaking fashion, we end up losing that game. Yeah. Uh, the last five times the Titans have played the Bills, all seven games have been decided by one possession or less. And I mean, two, gosh, I don't know if it was two years ago, but I just remember the Nick Williams drop touchdown in the end zone. Titans barely lost that one. Last year, I thought Vrabel had a lot of boneheaded decisions as far as not challenging some plays, just some of the play calls they went with that cost us that game. And so when we're taking on Buffalo again, it's just one of those games I don't feel confident with the Titans, and I just need to see them beat them for me to have the, all right, I feel good for the Titans playing Buffalo. Because every year, I couldn't tell you the last time they've played Buffalo, and I haven't thought, it's like, all right, the Titans should win this game. And they just seem to somehow let it fall apart. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give Buffalo the edge here, and the Titans through the first five weeks are sitting at 3-2. and two. Ooh, you said 3-2. and two. And I'm going to say that they will be 4-1 and one because I think this is a game, and the reason that I say that Buffalo, and I hate to go against them because we may be out of a job, but I will say this. The reason that I'm going with Buffalo is I believe they got the best receiver in the game in Stephon Diggs. I think that is the missing piece to this team getting over the, that hurdle that's been plaguing them for years. Not to mention they got John Brown and my man Cole Beasley out of Little M, Texas, right down the street. This is a very, very dangerous team, and I got the Bills taking that game. Great team. So neither one of us feeling very confident in the Titans against Buffalo. We'll move on to the second opponent in the AFC South that the Titans are going to face for the 2020 season as they host the Houston Texans. And right now it seems as though a lot of people still, I mean, last couple of years it seems like the Texans and the Titans is kind of who it's come down to as far as taking the division and so getting your rival at home. I think I think the Titans are going to pull away with this one. I, I, I don't really have, I guess, a, a good reason as to why that's going to be the factor. I mean, Deshaun Watson's still going to be there. He's going to be a guy that's always hard to contain, make sure that, you know, you just make fewer mistakes than they do on the Sunday you play them. Their offensive line's not going to be as good, but I still think that they're going to find a way to split the series this year, and I have the Titans taking the first matchup against Houston. I don't know what Houston was thinking when they traded DeAndre Hopkins uh, to Arizona, and I'm still puzzled about that move. You're looking at a receiver that basically was the best receiver in the league. They got too many holes this year, and this is a team that basically will be trying to find their identity 
for the first uh, few weeks of the season. So I, I think Tennessee might, they're going to jump all over Houston. I just don't really foresee Houston getting their stuff together until they can find a number one receiver. And I just think right now they got too many holes. There's too many holes on that team right now. With, with that said, that's the Titans' first six to, six opponents of the year before you head into the bye. So you got them at what, five and one at that point? Five and one. Five and one. I got them at four and two. I think if they can, we talk about it, it's any given Sunday. If you can win four of your first six heading into your bye, and then reassess based off how things are going. I think most people would be happy with that. Obviously, some of that might depend on how you lose the games you, you maybe lose or right. if you're just barely winning. But I think most fans would be happy with four and two or five and one to start the season out there. And after the bye, you know, I feel like you get a fairly easy game when you're comparing it to the rest of the schedule. You're playing the team that had the worst record in all of football last year. They go on the road, you're playing at Cincinnati and a little bit of time for Joe Burrow to maybe get get a little bit of a rhythm, but what what are you seeing happening there, Denard? Bengals again. They just again got a young coach, very vibrant coach. I like him, but again, you got a young quarterback coming in, just learning the system, hasn't had a chance to go through the OTAs, haven't had a chance to go through preseason. So there's it's going to be a growing experience for Joe Burrow. That's why I believe this is a, this is the one of the games they got to get. This is essential to go down and beat. Cincinnati you got to get this game especially I, coming out of the bye yeah I, I agree with you I have the Titans winning it I do think that they have so many concerns at so many positions I mean if you look at their offensive line like I do I, I do feel for Joe Burrow's health and just on the defensive side they got so many holes that if you somehow do lose that game like there's probably some serious questions that you're having to address if you're the Titans at at this point in the season especially coming off of a bye so that's there. And and then the next week, you know, you're, you're staying up north, but you're, you're coming back to Nashville and you're hosting the Chicago Bears. And for that game, when it comes to Chicago right now, there are a lot of questions about whether Mitchell Trubisky is going to be able to finish out the year quarterback. They went and they got Nick Foles from Jacksonville to come up there. And he is being reunited with Matt Nagy. Yeah, yeah. Matt Nagy. And, and so you get them back together. Is that something that happens where – Foles ends up taking over the reins because, I mean, when you look at Chicago's defense, they've been really good the last couple of years. They do have some skilled players that can really, really beat you if you're not careful, especially Allen Robinson. I think he's a very underrated wide receiver in the game, but I do expect the Titans to get the win against Chicago when you're sitting at 6-2 and two through the first eight games of the season. I'm going to go, and this is the, it depends on who's playing a quarterback now. If Nick Foles comes in, we can see a team basically like Tennessee last year. You're talking about a guy who, if he ends up coming into the game, and you know how Nick Foles is, he, he, he's either good or bad. If you get a good Nick Foles, he can beat anybody in the league. And you know Chicago's defense is going to come to play. Why? You got the best defensive player other than Aaron Donald in Khalil Mack. And he's a game changer. The only thing that I have with Chicago, again, is who's playing quarterback. If Trubisky's in the game and he's not playing well, I'm going with Tennessee. If Foles comes in the game, we know what he can do. He does it. He's the best in the business at basically resurrecting his team. And I hate to use that word, but getting his team to play better. They buy into Nick Foles. Why? Because he's a proven winner. He's a Super Bowl winning quarterback. This is a dangerous game. I'm going to go Chicago on this. But – it's, I'm going to put an asterisk because if Trubisky's in the game, I'm going Tennessee. If Foles in the game, I'm going Chicago. It's a pretty good take in my opinion. I'm, I'm, I'm with it. I mean, like, 
you know, whenever you actually you look at the single possession games at the end of the day, like, I mean, in the NFL, like those lines, they're, they're set close for a reason because yeah. they usually in that way. And so, I mean, that's that's uh, that's one of those games. I, I think, yeah, it's going to it's going to kind of come down to the wire. And hopefully, as um, we hope with every game, the Titans are able to pull yeah. it out. But moving on and you got a short week right after you play Chicago and you are hosting. At least you get to stay at home, but you're hosting the Indianapolis Colts on a Thursday night game. And this will be the first time that the Titans are able to watch Phillip Rivers lead lead that offense, at least in person. And so that's that's one of those games where, I mean, when you when you look at it, the, the Titans and the Colts, it's any any given day. Yeah. You just you, you never know. Whoever makes the least mistakes typically comes out on top. But I do think with this game being short for both teams, but Titans staying in Nashville for a couple of weeks. I think this is going to go to their favor. The Titans are going to pull off the win against the Colts and improve to 7-2 and two on the year, which would be the best start that the Titans have had since you go back to 2008. You hit it on a nail, but the thing that I have a problem with is, is it me or does it seem like when Tennessee plays the Colts in Nashville, they don't play very well? But yet when they go to play the Colts in Indianapolis – they seem to play very well. Is it me? That was definitely the case last year. Um, yeah, last year. So think yeah. about it. You know, and my thing is, this is a team we talked about earlier with this Colts team. This is a dangerous team, and that's with or without Jacoby Brissett. The problem that I have this year is which Phillip Rivers are we going to see? Are we going to see a young, vibrant, like a Joe Montananist? You know, he's all of a sudden he's going to go to another organization. He's going to wheel that team over the hump, over the AFC South, or are we going to see an old Broadway Joe? You remember Broadway Joe went to the Rams. They thought all of a sudden he was going to resurrect that team. All of a sudden, it didn't look good. We talk about John and Unitas, guys that have got these 15, 16, 17 years in the league, and they all of a sudden they expect all these expectations, and it doesn't happen. And then it's almost like the whole organization implodes. So the question is, is with Indy, who's going to be a quarterback. That's going to be another big issue. If it's Phillip Rivers, I'm going Tennessee's going to get this game. Yeah, if you're looking at the Colts over the last couple of years, I mean, I, I'll, I'll admit it, I'm a big fan of general manager Chris Ballard. I think he's done a really good job of making sure, obviously he didn't have uh, much of an opportunity with the, his franchise quarterback just retiring out, out all of a sudden, yeah. but he has done a really good job of assuring up that offensive line. They have invested in their defense over the last couple of years. Darius Leonard, one of the better players in the NFL on the defensive side of the ball. I mean, they have the pieces, and they I think most books actually have them being the favorite to win the AFC South. So it's it's one of those things where you really you got three teams that are kind of making a play for it, and the Colts very well could be that team. And so, I mean, I know I'm getting ahead of myself here, but just like with the Texans, they got the Colts and the Titans both splitting the series this year. And I and that's what you you at least got to walk away with one of them each time because I mean how you fare in, in divisions really just determines your, your playoff seating. And and so, yeah, for the, the first matchup, I actually I'm kind of glad you get the Colts on a Thursday. I think that will actually be to the Titans' benefit. So we'll see what happens there. And then moving along, you know, you get a little bit of extra rest, but you're going up against the best team on your schedule in the season, and you're going back to Baltimore to take on the Ravens. And, Denard, what's your thoughts there? Whoa, you remember the tourist bid going back back to Cali. Cali, you're going back to Baltimore. <laughs> Let me tell you something. You don't think the Ravens are going to have this game marked on their schedule? They will be ready. Lamar, Jackson, 
I'm telling you something. He's going to be mad because they put him down last year. Tennessee winning that game and basically beat him up. This is going to be a tough game, but I believe Baltimore will get him this year, especially they're going to be playing at Baltimore. I'm telling you, Lamar Jackson's going to be mad. He's still mad, and I don't want to see a mad Lamar Jackson. Not on my notes, I have one word written down, and that is revenge. I do expect the Ravens to get the upper hand on the Titans here. And it's one of those things to where, again, like I think it's going to be a good game. But I went back and I was watching that Titans-Ravens game the other night. And Titans, like, you want to talk about getting some breaks in that first half? They, I mean, they, they, Titans deserve to win. Don't, don't get me wrong right. there. But there were several plays early on where it was just like, it's just not going in the Ravens' favor. It's meant to be for the Titans to win. And I just think, you know, sometimes that ball just bounces the other way on a given day. And and after what happened last time, I do expect the Ravens to actually get the upper hand on us here. I am upset over the course of the last week. The Ravens did let go of Earl Thomas. Uh, don't expect the Titans to pick him up as a fullback for Derrick Henry, even though he has a lot of experience in that market. But that that was another matchup I was I was looking forward to getting to see again. And uh, right now, we, we don't know if we're going to get to see any Derrick Henry versus Earl Thomas. That game last year was a lot of fun. It was a lot of people's most favorite game of the year. But again, I have the Ravens taking that one. And so then right after that, you know, you got the turnaround trip to Indy. I don't really like when the, the NFL does this, but it seems like every year you got a couple of games very quickly against the same opponent with one opponent right. in between. And so here on the 29th of November, you're headed on the road to Indianapolis. And I'm, I'm thinking, you know, that, that Baltimore game was a tough physical game and things probably don't go the Titans' favor I think this is one of the few times this year where you see the week prior actually catch up to the Titans, and the loss against Baltimore is going to lead to a loss against the Colts. So have the Titans dropping two in a row there, the Colts taking the victory there, and then um, and the Titans at that point moving to seven and four on the season. Yeah, well, you're getting in a nut. Uh, you're basically getting in the part of the season where it gets tough, and and this is where a lot of guys start to go down. This is where teams start to get tired, and this is where a lot of teams start to make their jump. They start to change the trajectory of where they're going in their seasons, because now when you're talking about eleven, you get that eleven games. So you got five games left. This is where you see the momentum. This is where you see the possible Super Bowl winner because this is where teams either get hot or they're not. So I'm going to say this because they're, they're going to probably end up because of a physical game, like you said, against Baltimore, they will go into this game at the Colts and they're probably going to be too beat up. I can see that happening. I, I think Indian, Indianapolis may end up getting them, uh, especially they're going down there to that dome, which is a hard place to play. After the Titans take on Indy, they, they get a game, and it seems like every time the Titans play this team, I don't really know what to think of it going yeah. into it, but the Titans will be back at home after two weeks straight on the road, and they're taking on the Cleveland Browns. And, you know, Cleveland, last year they were the Super Bowl champions yeah. of the preseason. Exactly. And the Titans went in there and just, I mean, they took them out behind the, the barn and bit them over a barrel and showed them the 50 states, as I like to say. And... I, I expect the Titans to get another one here. I still am not sold on Baker Mayfield. I just I don't know if he's he's got it. I'm gonna feel a hundred percent one way or another about Baker Mayfield after this season. But the Browns still have a lot of other issues. I feel bad. I don't know if you saw it, but your LSU Tiger Grant Delpit went went down. They were already struggling at the safety position. That injury is really gonna haunt them this year. 
and and I just I don't think their defense is going to be able to keep up with the Titans, and I don't think they're going to be able to outscore the Titans. So naturally, I'm going to take the Titans to beat the Browns in Nashville, and the Titans improve to eight and four. I want so bad to be the biggest Browns fan, but I just cannot get on the bandwagon. I'm still I love Baker Mayfield, Texas guy, walk on at Texas Tech, walked on at Oklahoma. Defeated all the odds, won the Hosman Trophy. He beat your Tennessee Vols. That's what you you said it earlier in one of the podcasts. Oh, that was his that was like the game. coming out of Baker. Yeah, that, that's the game that put him on the map. And then you got OBJ. Yeah, Butch Jones. Great, yeah, all these great OBJ. Then you got Jarvis Landry, Greedy Williams. This is LSU, the LSU Browns. But I'm gonna go against Cleveland. You know why? Because I'm not putting them on, I'm not putting them on the map to save my life, and I'm going Tennessee. They're gonna blow them out. I love OBJ, but I just don't. I will never, in this lifetime, bet on Cleveland. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's just a franchise that they just seem uh, to always let their fans down. I with it without a new coach. <laughs> so the Haslam's are the owners of the of the Browns, and I mean I've seen them try to run two franchises at once, and by two franchises I mean the Tennessee Volunteers at the same time. They they struggle with one. They don't need to be dipping into another one, and so I can't get behind them to make much noise, even if they do have all the the razzle dazzle with them. It's it's not really translated to wins, and so that's that's Cleveland for you over the last yeah. couple of years. But again, they paid yeah. Miles Garrett. He got paid. Did you see that? They did. They did pay, and he's yeah, he's reinstated. So again, that's good for him. But I don't think that's going to be enough to to be the difference. And so, as the Titans move along and we get into the final four games of the year for Week 14, this game's December the 13th. You're headed on the road, but hey, at least you're going south in December, and you're going to Jacksonville, and you take on the Jags. Denard, what what are you expecting to happen here? Okay, this is four games left in the season. This is where you see a team's grit. This is where we saw Tennessee last year, basically, they started to take over. This is where they end up getting into the playoffs this latter part of the season. Now, this is also a division game. Now, we said earlier in this podcast when we first started that this is a team that's got all the pieces in place right now to make it down to Raymond James Stadium down in Tampa, right? This is where you win the Super Bowl right here is when those last few games because either you take that momentum with you or you end up losing it. And we've seen teams, when they taper off at the very end, they don't do well. They got to get this game. If this is a team that's going to represent, not only win the division, or if this is a team that will win the AFC, this is the game, these last four games, this is where they got to do it, going down the stretch. They got to beat Jaguar. They got to beat Jacksonville. Because if they don't take care of business down the stretch, then this we can see this is a big disappointment. So I got them winning because if they – Got all the pieces in the place right now. This is it. This is why John Robinson put this team together for these games right down at the very end of the season because this is what they call either you make it or you break it. I mean, I'll just be frank. I have them win the Titans winning this game as well. Whenever I was looking at this part of the schedule, I, I agree with everything you're saying about, you know, you got to get them late. Titans, when it comes to playing on the road they they really have most of their road games late I mean three of their last four are on the road there's five of their last seven are on the road and I don't know if my opinion would change if COVID wasn't a thing and how I predict these games to go but I, I just feel like 
still uncertain about the fan fans in the stands, just who might be getting hurt at this point in the year or just be out on the reserve list because of COVID. Like, I, I just I just don't know. And if they're going to test, I give them the nod over Jacksonville just because I don't think Jacksonville has it this year, even though that's that's usually a series. Not always. Titans have kind of owned them lately. But we typically over the last several years have seemed to have split with everyone in the AFC South. And I'm going to I'm going to give the Titans the win, have them improve into nine and four. And then after that, they head back to Nashville for their last home game of the regular season on the 20th of December. And they're hosting the Detroit Lions. Now, I personally I don't know what it is. I'm not a big believer in Matt Patricia. And I think Detroit's going to have a lot of questions as they go into this offseason. Matt Stafford's a really good quarterback, but seems like injuries have kind of been slowing him down lately. There just seems to be too many question marks to where I can feel comfortable saying that Detroit's going to come in here and beat the Titans in December. And so I got the Titans winning their or their, their home season finale and the Titans moving at that point to 10-4 and four on the year. Yeah, you know what? The Lions, again, Matt Patricia, again, he comes from that coaching route of Bill Belichick, the same coaching route that we, we see in Mike Vrabel. He played there. He knows that system. Both of these guys are what we call system, Belichick system coaches. They've learned under the best, under the toolage of, these two, of this great coach. So they know each other. And that's why Matt Patricia and that team is so dangerous down, uh, going down the end because – you don't know what you're going to get out of Detroit. Detroit is a very sneaky team. And when Matthew Stafford game is on, he's feeling good. He's the best. He's one of the best in the business. But the question is always with Detroit, you don't know what you always expect the unexpected. You don't know what you're going to get sometimes. So I think this is a game because it's not a div- division game. It's That's what really scares me. And sometimes guys will play a tough game like a Jacksonville because you know you got to get that one. And sometimes you see teams kind of let up a little bit. And I don't see that being the case. But, again, they got to get this game going down the stretch. But I, this Detroit game, I got to put an asterisk because mm, it's kind of dangerous for me. Detroit is a dangerous team because they may come into this game. What if they don't have nothing to lose, you know, and everything to gain? If Tennessee is playing the way I think they should be playing or they're capable of playing, this can be a very dangerous game. But I'm going to go with Tennessee. I think they're going to get this game. They got to. Yeah, you know, you get two AFC North opponents back-to-back right there uh, with the holidays right around that time. Typically, I'd say, like, don't let that be that big of a factor, but just, yeah. I don't know, around that time of the year, it just seems like it. there's always something a little different again. Like, you just never know who's playing for what at that point in the season, and so that can really determine uh, outcomes of, of games. And so after you play Detroit, you head on the road, and you're playing a Sunday night game at Lambeau. I don't know what the fan situation is going to look like, but – Green Bay, over the past several years, they usually do really well at Lambeau. The Titans are going to get to go up against former offensive coordinator Matt LaFleur, who last year was able to help the Packers go to the NFC Championship. So Vrabel and LaFleur both have been to AFC-NFC Championship games as a head coach. But and with Aaron Rodgers, I just he's a guy I never want to count out. And so I, as much as I would love to watch the Titans get a big-time Sunday night victory, I, I don't see it happening at least this year, and so I'm going to give the Packers the edge there and have the Titans move to 10-5. and five. I'm going to say this. I totally agree with you. They're going to – I think going up to Lambeau is a very tough place to play. The weather, I mean, you don't know what you're going to get as far as the weather patterns. And I'm going Green Bay is going to get this game. I just think there's always that one game somewhere down the line you let up or you just don't play well. 
And again, it's a non-division game. You got to basically, you got that, but the Jaguars, you know, I think you got to get that game. We talk about if you can get that Lions game, but I think when you got to go up to Lambeau, that for some reason, this organization just haven't played well up there in recent years. Yeah, the last time they did play Green Bay was in Nashville, and the Titans really just kind of ran away with it. I remember yeah. DeMarco Murray had a really big game, and that was a fun one to watch. But, yeah. I mean, late December at night. In Green Bay. Yeah, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be cold, which, I mean, normally, like, hey, I, I mean, with the type of mentality that Mike Vrabel and – strives for his players to have usually cold weather games don't don't really bother me like I actually think that that goes to the Titans benefit to an extent but again like it's just I mean it's Green Bay and sometimes just that prestige around it is just one of those things from a, a mentality standpoint as a fan and as as a player might might set in and so I'm I'm gonna have to go with with Green Bay right now and then we move to the final game of the season same place where this season ended last year you're on the road, you're in Houston taking on the Texans, and that game was a win, and you're for sure in for the Titans. And we know what happened after Derrick Henry ended up becoming the league rushing champion for 2019, with all things considered. Like, I think it'd be ill-advised to count him out of repeating as the rushing champ. But like I said earlier, I think the Titans, when it comes to the Colts and the Texans this year, they're going to split both of those games. And I'm going to have the the Texans taking this one, which have has the Titans at 10 and six on the year, and that's it's one of those things where I mean this literally could be for the division. But I, I think there there will be a lot on the line. I don't think this is going to be a game that you just kind of show up and one team's playing, one's not. I think there'll be a lot that they're playing for here at this point, and it will determine the seeding for the Titans because I project that the Titans and the Texans will both make the playoffs, but. For you this year, I have the Titans going 10-6, and six, which would be an improvement over the last four years. I bet everyone, before I, I made sure not to make any 9-7 and seven references, but everyone thought I was going to go 9-7 and seven again for the fifth straight year, but I don't. I got the Titans going 10-6, and six, and hopefully this is enough to win them the AFC South. I like you because you basically, you stand by your word. You said that earlier, when, as, uh, about a few podcasts ago, your predicament was about 10-6. and six. But I said, what, 12 and four? Yeah, you were very optimistic. Right, I'm very optimistic this year because I just see a team right now that they got all the pieces in place. But I will say this, going into this game, I got them 12 and three. I think this is going to be a game where they actually, they go into Houston again. I think they end up the season 12 and four. They're going to lose this. I'm not going to say they're going to lose, but I said this is a game I think they're going to lose because if they play the way they're capable of playing, this is a team that are going out of, the, the latter part of the season, I think this is a team, if they carry that momentum down the stretch, they're dangerous to beat. But I do think this is a game when they go down to Houston, they will already have a playoff berth. So they've already clinched a playoff berth. And I, sometimes when teams do that, sometimes they have a tendency to let up that last game. I don't know why. It's just a habit that a lot of good teams will do. And we'll see. It'll be a lot different this year with each conference adding an additional team to the playoff seating. Yeah. And that, that could very well shape of how things are taking place in week 17 of the NFL regular season. But there you have it, folks. There are our predictions. Hopefully we are right. I would rather Denard be more right than myself. Yeah. And, hey, we're season's right around the corner, so we'll be getting it here soon. I know everyone's looking forward to that. We'll continue to give you updates on the Titans. We'll be here again to do it next week. So stay tuned. We will have you covered. 
But for Denard Walker, I am Davey Hudson. You have been listening to Believe in Titans on the Believe Podcast Network. And as always, tighten up. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.